Are we going to win? What today? Yeah. Uh, I hope we will. Because <laughs> I've seen, I saw last week at Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Some evidence that we yeah, have a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also the fact that they haven't trained or barely trained for no, two weeks. No, so, so well, I know. That ought to be a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I figure we need. I figure we need to win. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned. A little bit wiped out anyway because I'll go out of business. Yeah, yeah. We'll be, we'll be we'll be expunged. So, so yeah, I think. But, but actually, we can do with the performance as much as anything, in particular leading into Christmas, because we kind of, yeah. I kind of want to come out, want to come out of that game after that game against Dorian on the first of January. Yeah. You know, you kind of think, oh, we kind of, kind of don't need to be in this position. No, we kind of need to be three or four places above. You know, I'd like him. I'd like him to um, not spend, and this will be very, very much counter the rest of our fellow supporters to not spend any money in January. January no, yeah, just a waste of time for them. I would, I would, I would, I would say, look, I've got these players mm-hmm. in. And we haven't yet found a mode of playing. It, well, I think hopes emerged yeah, right, yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. around exactly. possible yeah. modes of playing. Yeah. Let's work on this then. Let's work on this. We'll stay up, and then and then and then Alahibi in the early nineties. We're rebuilt. We we yeah, yeah. you know we re- we look at that. We learn, and then we and then we yeah. move, and then we move on. Yeah, I yeah. kind of part of my hope in that is that he lo- he starts to learn some lessons from his own. Failings and yeah. fallibilities, you know, yeah. really. Yeah. There does seem to have been less blaming of the players in public, I so. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully that's him acknowledging that he, he has some personal failings and fallibilities. Yeah, so yeah. that's the start of every journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope we, we get a result today, then I hope he gives youth a chance, but I also hope that our colleagues on the terraces yeah, give that. Are, are mature enough to be able to go, look, he's, he's 17, he's 18, and he's at work. What I'm not going to do is stand at the side here calling him a use, useless twat for 90 minutes because that's, that's the thing for me about like that's the thing for me is is that whole inability of football fans to see that those players are selling their labour power, you know, yeah. and the number of football ex players I talk to who actually hate the game. It's yeah. a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a job. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. not invested in that club in yeah. the same way that you are because yeah. I'm not going to be Kenny yeah. Moore playing 400 games for that club no. or Chris Mars playing 400 no. games or whatever. I'm going to be. I might be here for 18 months and then I'm gone. I'll, yeah. You know, I'm at, I'm at Cheltenham and, yeah. then, and then I've got 18 months and then I'm gone and I'm at wherever. You know? Yeah. Why would I look, look? I don't want to do a bad job. No, 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 no. I, I'll enjoy some adulation, but at the same time, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily going to I'm selling my labour power. Helping, helping to. I don't enjoy an environment that risks me kind of being quite personally abused, both in my personal life and, and at work. Yeah. Um, for, for my labour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's. Uh, Thankfully, we're not there yet there in, in universities. I don't, I don't quite get that much grief on social media from my students anyway. <laughs> no, you know. no, no, no. Although, although that's a thing in itself, isn't it? Yeah. You know, especially, especially in America, you know, rate, yeah. rate, my, rate my professor. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. There's some, there's some Horrendous, really, right? Really harsh, harsh yeah. things in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I can imagine if I was over there, like, oh, God, this Marxist. Yeah, I that's... I see you banging on about right, again, right. you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're the reason that we lost the election, you know. know it's you, know, it's you. It's actually your fault. Everybody's blaming the wrong person. I know. One Corbyn was it? Again, peddling false hope. I would suggest <laughs> peddling false hope <laughs> through right. my through my reading of Marxist <laughs> philosophical works in his early in his early that's, career. That's right. Right, I'm going to kill that now. It, will you find anything of use within that? I'll find loads of use in there. Yeah.
interesting take on hope. Um, and it's really theorised, and it's really nice, because I was talking to her about hopelessness, because that's the thing I'm interested in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and, so, and she, was, she was really interested in talking about how hope is coded. Because it's coded into things, hope, you know. Yeah, yeah. But also that it comes out of things. So when you were talking earlier about Kenny Moa, Mm-hmm. Scoring from twenty yards, you know what I mean, and then, yeah. and then it goes and then it goes in. That's it to me. I was what I was saying to her was that like, my hope, my hope definitely comes from the past, right? It's it's a, this it's like a nostalgia. It's like it's like Warsaw are crap, right? And they've always been crap, and they always will be crap. But they haven't actually. Actually, there have been moments, haven't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we've, yeah, won, yeah, when we've yeah. won something, there have been moments when we've when we've beaten Sheffield United in the League Cup. Yeah. In ninety, whenever ninety six or ninety seven, whatever. There've yeah. been moments when, when we've, you know, when we've gone away to Anfield to the Champions of Europe and yeah. drawn two all or whatever, you know. So yeah. that there's there's something that's that's located in a place and it's located in stories and histories and ancestries and you know and connections and relationships, you know. And yeah. it's not it's not a hope for the future. It's a hope from the past. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, no, exactly what I mean. It's it's it's, it's different difference of faith. In that there are vestiges of proof that it exists. Okay. So faith, to me, you, faith by its very nature is something you can't prove exists. Yeah. It's just it's something that, in a way, you you have a reason to believe exists, even though there's no proof. Whereas hope, there has to be vestiges of reality for you to be able to go. It can happen, and therefore you have those seeds. So is faith so is faith a symbolic thing? Faith is is faith a symbolic thing then? Do you know what I mean? Like that we that we talk about the possibility of a of a, of a something of a better world of a of a god of a utopia or whatever, and that's symbolic of kind of a I don't know a set of characteristics from inside us. But actually, it has not, not doesn't necessarily have a grounding in reality. Yeah, yeah. And it, because if it had a if if faith, religious faith had a grounding in reality, it would have probably stopped being, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because there's very, very few proof points of Jesus's yeah. existence and the, the miracles that he either did or didn't perform. But in the subsequent two thousand years, there's been billions, probably, of people yeah. who have had faith that that story was real and the story beyond the end of our life was real. Whereas for me, hope is different to faith in that you've seen some proof points along the way. So when Kenny Moe scores against Sheffield United, actually. That moment exists when we also get to play at the Millennium Stadium. This is possible because I've seen it and probably more importantly felt it. It's probably yeah. a feeling. So, you t- what, so what is your hope, where does your hope lead you to in that moment? Then? Does your, hope, your hope leads you to the idea that it might happen again. Yeah, or more frequently. And more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, in spite of four, 40 <laughs> years of, you know... It's the more frequent thing, isn't it? Because the more frequent thing then potentially... Drags a whole load of fragments into an into a into a different conception of the world, into a different. You can dra- if it's more frequent, there are more frequent moments of it. There are more frequent realities of it. There are more frequent whatevers of it. And yeah. there's a whole series of better relationships. There's a whole there's a different way of conceptualizing the world. There's a different way of living the world, of realizing the world. All of that. Yeah, and 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 even if people haven't lived it themselves, they'll have heard tell of golden ages of certain things, and because that tends to have only been a generation or two ago, people yeah. will. People will kind of harp to, wasn't it better when dot dot dot? That's a kind of that's a. I mean, I think that that's interesting because there's there's like an imaginary in that. You know what I mean? That we 
that we lived those moments and we imagined that they were better, or we imagined that they delivered, and we imagined that, you know what I mean? So I think about this, for instance, in terms of like the symbolism of what a university education is. Why do you, why do you like last weekend I did open day, I did open day, and it's like, why, why, why do you, you and people and families that I'm talking to, why do you want to come? Yeah. What does it symbolise for you? What does it symbolise to you? And then when you get here, you're going to kind of, you know, your imagination will, will, your your cognition and your emotion and all of that. You'll interpret the space and what you're doing in it, in the essays you're doing, in the reports yeah, yeah. you're writing, and all of that, and the, the conversations you're having with teaching staff in the classroom. You imagine them in a in a particular way. You know what I mean? So there's a symbol symbolism of it, and then there's like the reality of it, which is actually an imagined reality because it ain't. You know, it's what. It, and when you look back on it, it'll be even more imaginary, yeah, right? Yeah, so when I think yeah. about what it was like for me at Bristol in the in the late eighties, early nineties, and I've got this really big thing about like the financial crisis hits in 2008 and higher education gets like, they use that as a means of re-engineering it. What they do with a lot of social care and healthcare and all of that, you know what I mean? It's further privatisation. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine what it was like when I was at university. Mm. Yeah. And, oh, you know, not, yeah. not that it was perfect or anything, no, no. but it was different. Yeah. You know, and it was maybe differently better. Not that I want to go back to it because you can't go back to it, no. but I imagine it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so there's, and so for me, I don't know where my hope comes from in that moment. You know what I mean? That there might be, there was, there was something that was different and that I preferred, but I can never go back to. Yeah. What, what is it? I can, can I excavate something from that? Can I grab something from that? And can I bring it forward? You know what I mean? You, you, but you will be bringing it forward in terms of it having been an experience for you, and therefore the person that you are. Yeah. And the way that you go about go about your work. In a completely um, different world. In a, in a completely different world, but is is part of your job not to sell hope. There's a, there's um, when the specials toured uh, yeah. last year, they put all these placards up at the back of the stage, uh, and one of them was uh, "We Sell Hope." Oh yeah, was, nice. Was, was, was one of the okay. one of the placards. Yeah. And actually, as, as I've been going around universities with my daughter over the last, uh, that's what six, twelve, eighteen. It feels like forever. I've been going around universities, and and actually, universities sell hope. Um, and the reason they sell hope rather than faith is that they they attach empirical evidence around it. To go, um, but they, but they, but a lot of that empirical evidence, you know what I mean, is is potentially mis-selling, right? Oh, because oh, yeah. oh, yeah. it's it, 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 it's hope, you know, that the, the, the empirical evidence they give you will be from like, oh, well, that was that was these are figures from 2015 or whatever, you know what I mean? And we're about to head into a Brexit Britain with whatever that might mean, you yeah. know, and another five years of austerity and whatever that might mean, and we don't know what the impact of Brexit and internationalisation will be on universities and cash flow and all of that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. On little things like, you know, we might run out of loo roll, so has the university got enough loo roll for the, you know what I mean, for, for to enable it to keep going or, or what? I mean, the, the, the hope that I see universities selling is the hope that you'll be able to survive in this sort of post-crash economic environment. That's that's the that's the hope that gets gets sold to you. It's the empirical evidence is is all around. Um, this university, uh, you'll you'll get a better qualification, which means you'll get a better job, which ultimately means you'll earn more money. How does your daughter think about that then when she goes around there? Is she is she like does she buy that hope as a kind of a symbolism or or is she much more realistic about oh well I, you know like 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 I wonder whether there's a difference if you got that accountant yeah, accountant yeah. mate that you were talking yeah, about yeah. earlier I wonder yeah. whether he would have a different you know I mean, no get a job it's, yeah. it's about get it's about it's about being able to pay your debts down it's about being able to buy a house it's about being able to whatever yeah. I suppose that more kind of utopian symbolic kind of fetishization of no I'll do English or I'll do history or I'll do whatever or even engineering or even maybe accountancy yeah. because yeah. I want to do accountancy because I love it because yeah. it's in my heart you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 it's a vocation and that's part of um, things we spoke about before about a working class background 
that goes so so one of my friends goes actually the way to stop me ever being hungry in the future and to stop the insecurity of the roof over my head ever being an issue for me is to point the latter days of my education and then something that is is hugely going to be beneficial in terms of um, mitigating that, those security those issues. Those, yeah. those risks that I've grown up with and been a part of everyday life, I will mitigate that by in the doing last years this. of education, doing doing a degree and, and after that getting getting um, getting qualifications that mean that hopefully I never have to worry like my mum and dad did around um, yeah. putting food on, Put the food on the table. Yeah. Um, um, whereas, whereas my daughter would very much uh, look at university as being an experience in and of itself. And would you? Um, and what would your conversation with her about that be? Then would it, would it be? I, I buy that agenda. That's fine. I, I buy that agenda. I, 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 I go for the experience in and of itself. Yeah. Because actually, the the person that you can come out is potentially better, and that must be a good thing both for you, but also for the world, for the rest of us. But. But I also do get, absolutely get, I'm going to get a degree in accountancy, law, business studies, etc., etc., that will that will actually mitigate the need for me to ever be worried about, about money, about, about money or, or as much worried about the, the, the kind of the instinctive things that human beings need to survive. And, and there are millions of people that actually that's their, their number one worry are those basic human needs. So the university then is a, is a, is a carrier for that. Yeah. Increasingly, and the university. So the university's focus. When I'm, when I, I sit inside it as you know, as this kind of privileged white male professor, you know, and you sort of, and, and and I want it. There are things I would like it to be, but it can't be those things because the world's structured in a in a different way. So you have to fight in the classroom and in the you know in the curriculum. You have to fight for for these for it to be these things that I want it to be. But it can't you know. But actually, the world won't. The world won't structure it in that way. Therefore, no. it has to be about you know, we have we have you know, it's, it's about fees and mm. it's about debt and it's yeah. about employability and it's about entrepreneurship and it's about impact and it's yeah. about excellence and it's about the, it's about those things. You know what I mean? That yeah. And it's about those things being measured. Measures. Absolutely. You know. Yes. And so does that. <laughs> so to me, that sucks the hope. That you know that that. That, sh- that shrivels hope, right? It does. That Absolutely, it does. The life yeah. out of hope, yeah. you know. Yeah. But but the, at the same time, then it's very. And therefore, I was talking with friends, of course, who find it very difficult to to exist in the in that space because it because they have to do the measuring thing, or they don't want to. They want to do the humane. They want to do the qualitative thing. They want to do the yeah. quality thing. They want to do the you know. Yeah. Yeah. Go and become yourself. Go and find yourself. Go and make yourself. Go and produce yourself. Go and do whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, which is hard, isn't it? Because you're existing in an environment that is so constricted. Yeah. That the hope that you can yeah. pedal yeah. has to be has to be within the confines of measurement. It yeah. has to be because what what else means anything? I love that the hope that you can pedal, <laughs> pedaling hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why a lot of people would talk about it in terms of hopelessness. You know, it feels the situation feels hopeless. You know, we're a decade, twelve years on from austerity. Universities are being kind of repurposed. In, in the way that all of society has been repurposed, right? But I'm thinking about that space. Yeah. You know, so I talk to teachers, and it's the same. I talk to doctors and nurses who are weeping because they're because on their you know on their, their days off they're doing admin around their job that they're not getting paid for and all that, but they have to in order they can meet targets on patients and yeah. care goes out the window, right? Is there a connection between care and hope? I wonder. I don't know. I think there is. I I I I believe in a non-religious karma. 
that actually you put you put good stuff out, you will get good stuff back. It'll it won't come back directly. Yeah. But 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 actually that per, that person that you cared for, that person that you um, took some time out to try and help, might tell ten people that you did that. And one of those people might benefit from it, and at some point that might come back to you. You might hear a story that goes, yeah. "Blimey, um, that makes me feel better than, than than anything that is measurable could ever make me feel better." But do enough people believe in that karma to take yeah. the time to, yeah. to invest yeah. in other people and the care of other people, so that people have hope? And, and it's not misused. Uh, phrase, isn't it? The sort of hope in humanity. I, I think it's an interesting one. I was, I was discussing in the week research methods with some secondary students, and one of the words I kind of pulled out a just job lot of words. So one of the slides is just some big words about you know um, respect, dignity. You know, in terms of research ethics, respect, dignity. One of the words on there was care. You've got to be careful, full of care for the space you're in and the people you're with and the relationships you've got. And you do not want to be careless. There doesn't want to be a lack of care. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that issue around lack is quite around help hopelessness is quite important because you kind of feel like oh, there's a this space is lacking yeah. in care. It's lacking in something. You know what I mean? That then makes me feel like oh god, well I, I can care for you, but only up to this point. Then, yeah. I've, got, then I've got the next. Then I've got the next tutorial. I've got the next person in. I've got yeah. the next thing going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we we see we see that in the uh, in the workplace uh, the sort of the, the post-industrialised UK yeah. where the structures that help support communities that if you like gave the labour to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. were gave care yeah because because within within the confines of the factory or or, or, or the um, the call centre. There'd be other things that meant that people could kind of communicate with each other in a caring way. It might be that you there's a sports and social part of the, the factory. Yeah. It might it might be that you know in the in the colleges in the northeast there were the brass bands weren't there? There, were, there were structures there were the sports and social element that meant that people could build community outside of work. I forget which um, which there's a big factions going in, going into Lincoln. The train journey from Leicester to Lincoln's amazing, right? right. You go through all yeah, this yeah. like you know, you go over the Trent and through Newark and then you're out into Lincolnshire and flat and amazing and agricultural and all that. And you come as you come into Lincoln, there's a you can see that there's, there's where factories have kind of gone and have closed down. You can see the old sports pitches and they're all over, they're overgrown, right? And you think, God, actually, this must have been a really vibrant kind of community that actually I now, you remind me that I see institutions, universities trying to do because they'll talk about the university family. Yeah. Like, I hate it. I just want to puke. I kind yeah. of think, well, Who's the, where's where's the alcoholic that's brutalised yeah. everybody then? You know what I mean? Where's where's the where's the angry parent? Where's the you know what I mean? Where's, where's the racist uncle? Yeah, yeah. All, all of that yeah. kind of thing. You know they're, what I mean? They're, they're, they're there, they're just a bit shy. Is you're like yeah. symbol? I mean, yeah. maybe this is what your your daughter's getting when she goes to open days. It's a symbolic representation of the university family, and that's a hopeful yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than as you just sort of articulated, or what I've taken from what you've articulated around those working class communities, which is that the, the care and the hope and the possibility comes from the community. Solidarity, yeah. extracurricular, but yeah. how, how do they so, socially reproduce each other? Not in order, I mean, in part to sell themselves back into the to sell, sell their labour power again, mm-hmm. yeah. but also in part in order to survive because they've got to sell their labour power yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, but around that selling of their labour power, 
Exactly, which is quite a dry concept. There's also the sense of value, worth, and purpose. Yeah. And that, and that value, worth, and purpose comes from potentially more than how many boxes are stacked today. It's it's the fact that I, I run the I run the committee for the uh, for the cribbage society, and, yeah. and, I, and I talk about that because my dad used to play cribbage, and um, and his crib his crib trophies used to be on top of the telly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And that's a living yeah. that's a living kind of uh, embodiment of, of worth and values, kind yeah. of and achievements. You know, it's really really hard to kind of but actually within within the social confines of old working class. You, you, you go actually these people have got all the roles in the community yeah. Yeah. yes you stack the boxes but actually you're also the shop, shop steward potentially you're also potentially the captain of the football team um, you're also the person that organises the Christmas do at the social club but go actually you are really valuable within this community what, what's, what's disappeared through the gig economy is that that community is more disparate now and they and they seek their value from more existential, non-existent, virtual realities. Yeah, which you can't look those in the eye. If you're if you're part of the gig economy now, and you and you and you and you're dropping the boxes off for Amazon every day, who, who's your community? What what are the structures that give you a sense of value and, and purpose and worth? Um, you get a wage, but it's a pretty average wage. Probably no better or no worse than the guys that used to stack boxes. But 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 actually, where's uh, there's not a football team, there's not the darts team, there's not the ball team, there's not the, the brass bands. It's like you go home and you go, blimey, that was another hard day. You don't know who your neighbours are, and so you look you look for this sense of worth amongst people you've never met before. Yeah, and so begin these echo chambers that possibly oh, we were talking about earlier. Possibly, yeah, 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 possibly yeah, yeah, lead sort of to, yeah, yeah. to how these communities feel disenfranchised, yeah. feel like they, there's no kind of connection, feel that like there's no sense of kind of belonging. Yeah, and, and, and universities, because of the very nature of campus life, to me, have got the opportunity to build communities, to get family, to build a community where everybody has a sense of place, a sense of worth that goes beyond the measurements of. Do you know what? The average the average wage is twenty three thousand pounds, and if you come here, you can earn thirty three thousand yeah, pounds yeah, within yeah, three yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey, what what a way to distill the yeah. education experience. Yeah, what a way to distill the joy of of, of reading, placing T. S. Eliot alongside Audre Lorde, alongside you know Angela Davis, alongside, yeah. and then trying to explore the world through multiple voices and perspectives but actually it distills down into you can have an extra £2,147 a year yeah, yeah, after yeah. three years yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so come here because of that I think that, I think that there's something really in, important and interesting about that idea of like that then the university is a kind of a node in the community you know what I mean is an important one it's one of the things that that has been discussed quite a lot now is about the idea of kind of a cooperative university that would operate based on different values. Now, it can't escape the logic of the system, which is it's a consumer-oriented system, that it's about value for money, it's about efficiency, it's regulated around value for money and efficiency. So the curriculum, the assessment, the out student outcomes are all grounded in that, you know. But there's this idea that if we move, if we could set up a cooperative university in Manchester, that's where they're kind of talking about doing it, that would offer a different, potentially different governance within the organisation, you know. I mean, it would still have to operate within that kind of system. I hold limited hope that it'll mm. achieve, you know what I mean? Because actually, I think increasingly, 
what I see. I had a brilliant conversation last night with, um, we're trying to renew our trade union branch at work. So you, UCU. Yeah. Um, we're renewing that. I mean, it was renewing it around um, three, fun- three functions. So the first is um, negotiation. How do we negotiate with management? Who negotiates? Second is casework. Who does that in critical interface with, with members of staff who are struggling over whatever? Third is um, organising. How do we how do we get a more less passive, more active branch? Yeah, and a lot of that will be the stuff you've been describing, which is what are the what's the stuff that wraps around the function of selling your labour power every day? What's yeah. all of that stuff? And let's and let's build that because actually. We, we will hopefully reduce casework and be more effective in negotiation if we can if our base is solid. We have we have a, a minority white student population and, and our staff population is like eighty percent white. But one of the things that we're very interested in is how do we how do we support those beyond beyond the kind of the sale of labour power and the traditional class based structures that exist. What do we do for, for our, our black members? Yeah. What do we do for our, our members who would class themselves as off colour or BAME? What do we do for our women, the, yeah. the female members? You know what yeah. I mean? What do we do for our, for our queer members? Yeah. You know, um, or however so they kind of describe themselves. And the intersections of those, because it isn't just... Yeah, yeah. Now, therefore, are we more inclusive around the community yeah. in order to find something that is beyond a single identity for the member of staff yes. that then says, actually, we can, we can do a lot more stuff now yeah. And what, what are the activities that we do to move that agenda forward? So your point about seeing the relationship to the community in the factory is really important, I think. In, in particular because a lot of staff are seeing themselves like, um, across the sector. Yeah. A lot of staff see themselves as under in uh, one of the, one of the UC, some UCU branches around strike. Yeah. One of those issues is around um, casualisation and the gig economy. As you said. One is about gender and gender disparities, which are shocking yeah. in terms of pay. Yeah. Um, and that's of, across it. That's not just in academia. Yeah. That's across the piece. And there's um, and one of them is about um, workload. Mm. And again, across across the piece, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's through the roof. But for us, one of the things is how do we enable people not to socially reproduce themselves in order to go back into sell their labour power, which is what they're going to have to do, mm-hmm. but also to be able to socially reproduce themselves so that they can be decent parents yeah. and school governors and and lovers and, 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 and husbands and wives and partners and yeah. sons and daughters and all of that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that and you can only do that by the, the, the sense of worth being more than simply flogging your labour. Because if all you become is a being that flogs labour, unless you genuinely, genuinely love every moment that you do, yeah. you're going to have quite an unfulfilling life that in itself will become quite undiverse because you won't see the world moving around you. You flog yourself then. You, yeah, you've, you've, you've ended up losing you your flog own, yourself, you, right? you, you are your labour power, you just yeah. modify yourself and yeah. that is it, right? Yeah. You're gone, you're yeah. lost, it's dehumanising. Yeah. Yeah, and so and so actually, those those support structures uh, as inclusive as inclusive uh, as they can be, because everybody needs to bring. I mean, it's a, again, it's a it's a cliche. Bringing your whole self to work is really really important. Everything about your background, everything of who you are, who you want to be, being able to express your aspirations, your hopes, and being able to live those in a work environment that isn't necessarily just work. Just expressing yourself through the work is. Is only a fraction of One the whole. Right. The whole you. The, yeah. whole, the whole you includes lots of other things. Um, I think some people sort of see it as like it's, so, it's such an attritional space. Workload, toxic. You know, if you if, microaggressions, if you if you if you're black or queer or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
that they'll actually, why would you bring those other facets? You just lock it down, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever. We're going to do, I'm going to be this thing and do this thing. Because if I bring the other stuff, there's nutrition on me yeah. and it wears me out. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. part of it is like, well, like how do you protect yourself? How do you keep yourself safe? You know what I mean? Because it's a hopeless, helpless space. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel world weary in the space. Yeah. I can't, you know, all of that. I yeah. That's quite inter- I think that's quite interesting. It's very, very interesting. And what, and what you find that people do is that they, they will have their support to, to be that element of themselves in, in other spaces. So it'll be um, in the work I've done with the LGBT community, it'll be well, I, I kind of can't be gay at work, but blimey, I don't know if live at the weekends kind, yeah, kind of okay, thing. Yeah, so, well, hang on, yeah, what, you know, there's a whole lot in that statement, isn't there? What do yeah. you mean you can't be gay at work? And, you know, what, does, yeah. what does that mean about how you are at work and who you are at work? And blimey, that must be exhausting. Because who are you when you're not being yourself? Yeah. And, and, it, and if, you, if you're having to put on some sort of act because you don't feel comfortable being your full self at work, then that's really restricting to the human being that, that, that you can be. So to have to go and find other spaces in the world where you can be yourself is um, disappointing. I think that we see this. It's, that's in, that's to me that's interesting. That reminds me of that word that's done on kind of racial battle fatigue. That actually, the expectations on you, the kind of person you are or will be, and you're marked if you can't, you know, if you appear to be queer, if you appear to be, or, well, appear to be, you are black, you know, or, and you or you clash yourself as off colour, and you are out about that. And I was doing some work with some second year students about the ways in which certain modes of representation, you know. Wearing, having, having, your, having your hair not, you know, in an afro, whatever it might be, you know, not not straightened or whatever, where yeah. traditional dress is, is frowned upon, all of that. Yeah, that must be exhausting. It must be exhausting, especially if if the kind of liberation of thinking, if the burden of that is put upon those that are marginalised, that's that's doubly, triply exhausting. That kind of yeah. concept of yes, we possibly do have some issue with the LGBT community around here. Excuse me, LGBT community, would you mind sorting that out for us? Yeah. I mean, how exhausting is that to not only be marginalised, yeah. but then be charged with the uh, the burden of, of, of liberation? And, that, and that's where people like you and me have got a job to do, and go in kind of actually. actually we, can, we can use our privilege right. to, kick it, to kick in a few doors. Yeah, get to, you to the table. Well, I'll get yeah. the conversation to the table, and yeah. then we'll see where we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that there is a need to be, like... Uh, it's cool, uh, I say courageous, but I don't know whether it is. Kind of, sometimes it can take a little bit of that, can't it? I know, I know that, um, like at work, we've got this decolonizing DMU project on, right? And and uh, there's all sorts of issues with the term decolonizing, but the, the broad agenda is, is pointing in a, in a in a decent di- in a direction of decency and respect, yeah. right? So I'll yeah. be, I'll run with that, and I'm very happy. To be involved in it because it is the, the most potentially the most radical yeah. project I've been involved in, and it is about building community, about building community, about building pluralistic views of the world. Yeah. It's, about, it's about it's about it's about challenging, yeah. pushing back against, you know. And it's interesting that the bulk of the kind of the the, the war, what are we doing? Has come from white men. Yeah, of course right? it has. Of course it has. And it's interesting because that just to me that <laughs> that's forms of coloniality again yeah. it's forms of dispossession again it's forms of who owns the conversation again yeah. it's forms of who owns the discourse and also it's a representation or a reflection of the fact that the university is built around white men white, mm. white men with no care and responsibilities who can perform in these ways and be measured in these ways and if you don't measure up well then you ain't going to get professorship yeah. you ain't going to get assistant professorship you ain't going to get whatever 
Yeah, yeah, and and that absolutely is true in the corporate world, world as well. And what you'll get back is the um, is the excuse that well, no no women applied. Nobody from the brand community applied. So what can you do? Yeah, you don't. You, you've got to pull it back and go. Well, why weren't people from those communities applying in the first place? What are the perceptions they hold about this place, this job, that meant that they felt that they either wouldn't feel a sense of belonging yeah. or just that they couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, what is what is stopping the application? Because the excuse will often be, well, you know, we can only we interview. Made it open, we can, but if yeah. you don't apply, what we're going to do? Yeah, what we're going to do? About we get the, and that's the football thing, isn't it? About about um, about um, shortlisting, mm-hmm. and and actually, how are you gonna? How are you going to construct a way of shortlisting that is? That it actually is rooted in equality, not equality of opportunity, because equality of opportunity is always, you know, yeah. is not is actually just leads to an, you know, is is unequal. Yeah, frankly, yeah. because people yeah. are, people don't have the same networks, relationships, no. access to resources, starting points, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So 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 it's hard, but I, I would say it's not hopeless, Richard. I would say it's not it's not hopeless because because I think I think there's enough people having enough conversations and in those conversations I would urge you to allow people to make mistakes because nobody's nobody's perfect are they? nobody's no. perfect and if you're going to have ra- radical agendas you've got to allow people to come in and, and mess up you've kind of in a way you've got to get the people from the back of the class to kind of tell you what they're thinking even even if what they're thinking makes you feel a little bit sick um, there's no way you can reach that constituency without actually understanding the way that they work and think so to dismiss them yeah, yeah. to dismiss them is wrong because the, the pace of change can't well, happen and, uh, unless, and, and, unless, you, unless you bring the people at the back of the class with you, with you or at least open them up into the conversation over the last yeah. 18 months and, and, and the, the conversation gets to very very quickly the bar charts about employability um, and therefore income and therefore those, yeah, yeah. those metrics but, but you know depending on how, how long you want to start, spend on these campuses the, uh, the concept of a community and, and university life and the richness that can provide exists yeah. but the institutions themselves go big and go first on yeah. the measurables yeah yeah, the yeah. Measurables. but actually the daily reality is not the measurables the daily reality is our relationships 